is on the card what to do with it. Um, and then the, the final one is, is it says join. That's just, if you just want to fill that out and turn that in, that's a great way. If you want to get plugged in, that's kind of that next step. If you're interested in, in baptism, if you're interested in, in you just want to go deeper in, in your faith and see what, what uh, Bible studies and discipleship things we have uh, coming up, if, if you want to get baptized, any of that, that stuff, that, that join card is for you. So you can feel free to uh, fill that out and turn that in. Someone, we will get back with you and, and have a great conversation and see how we can we can serve you um amen all right that's enough with announcements <laughs> uh last week we we finished our, our series in acts and um that was i, I had a, a fun time uh, uh just studying that and i trust that that was that was helpful for you we're starting a new series today um that's going to take us in a little, in a pretty different direction. Um, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about the bullies we face. Um, uh, and maybe, raise your hand if growing up you had like a legit bully. Not everybody, but so, yeah, good number if you had a bully in their life. Someone that, uh, and, but we know what bullies are, right? Bullies, um, Bullies are, are, are people that, that, that try and force themselves on us and force their, their will. Um, uh, you know, anyone, uh, maybe you, you have a person, even now, you know, uh, we, we're, we're, you know, young adults and adults in, in this room. And, um, and uh, even, even now, that, that doesn't necessarily change. You may, have a, you may have a bully at work. I mean, uh, you may have a bully in your family. That, that, that's a thing as well. Um, and we will, we're going to talk about people who fill that role in our lives later on in the series. But that's not really what the series is about. We're not really focusing on, on people who try to bully us. Um, bullies uh, use ungodly tactics to force others to submit to their will. Right? That's, that's what a bully is. They use intimidation. They use deception. They use verbal abuse or physical abuse at times. They use manipulation to get what they want, to make you do what they want, to, they want you to do. Um, and there are people in our lives that, that qualify for that, uh, but that's not really what this series is about. We, we all have another bully in our life. I think you probably know where... I'm going with this. There's an enemy called the devil that has a team of bullies that he likes to, to use to, to intimidate, to deceive, to abuse, and to manipulate us. Amen? Um, he, he is constantly, the Bible talks, tells us that he is constantly roaming around seeking who he may devour, right? That's, that, that's something that, that we know. The other, um, and, and so we're going to be talking about some of the things Things, now, not all of them in and of themselves are, um, are sin or evil. Uh, and today, today's bully that we're going to talk about it fits, fits in that, that category. Um, uh, the other day I was, I was at home. It was, oh gosh, it was probably 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. I was sitting on the couch with, with Shannon and we're, we're sitting there, you know, minding our own business. And what sounded like an explosion goes off in my garage, which was like, you know, it's like the living room is kind of right next to the garage. And, and it happened, and it was one of those, like, you know, that, that, 
that noise, that completely unexpected thing where, you, you know, your heart instantly starts racing and you get the cold sweats and you're like, jump up and you're freaking out. We start running around. What's going on? Turns out the spring in our garage door had, you know, decided it would had a long enough life and blew. <laughs> if you've heard that, you know that's a, that's a jarring sound. Um, but that, that reaction in that moment is what? It's fear, right? You, you get startled. Um, and, and that's what I want to talk a little bit uh, in depth today is about this, this thing we call fear. Um, fear, and this is, this is where it can get a little tricky. Fear in itself is not a bully. Fear in itself is actually um, an emotion that it's a defense mechanism. It's something that God has, has equipped us with to deal with the fall, right? I don't, um, I don't believe, this is kind of personal conviction because I haven't really studied it out, but I don't believe that fear was really present at creation, right? When, when God created the earth, he created an earth, there was nothing to be afraid of, right? <laughs> it, was, it was good. It all worked together. There was, there was nothing to be afraid of. Um, but then Adam and Eve, you know, decided they wanted, they wanted some extra fruit, and then the fall happened, and um, sin enters the world, and death, and things that we should, we, we, we needed to be, um, we needed to avoid now, we're now a part of this, this created world. And so fear, I believe, is, is, is a gift that God gives us to alert us to the danger that we now face. Um, fear is an emotion uh, when our minds see danger. Now, sometimes that danger is real. Sometimes that danger is perceived. It's not real. Um, we fear what we believe has the power to hurt us, right? Um, if you're a football fan, nobody going into last night, anybody watching the game last night was terrified before the game? No. Because no Buckeye fan was afraid that Toledo was going to beat them, right? There, there, wasn't, there wasn't a fear there because there wasn't a threat. Fear is not, as I mentioned, is not sinful in and of itself. It's a defense mechanism. It's something we need. Someone who, someone who has zero fear in life, I promise you, will not live a long one. Because fear helps preserve us. It lets us know that, hey, this thing... Is... You know who's not afraid? Babies. Right? Like two-year-olds, one-year-olds. Why are they not afraid? Because they're dumb. They haven't experienced any life to know that there are things that are dangerous. Right? Touch a stove, jump off a cliff, whatever. Everything's great. Why? Because they, they, they don't have, um, they're not alert to the dangers that are around them. That has, that has to be something that we have to teach them so that they can live to be three. Um, this, is, this is an important part of, a part of our existence post-fall. Post um, fear and, and fear has a couple of uh, hangers-on that, that, that are always accompany it at, at times, or can. Um, fear, we just mentioned, is, is the you know, emotion of being alert to danger. And then there's this other thing we all, we all have experience with called anxiety. Right? We talk about anxiety a lot. Um, 
more and more in culture, we're being more aware of, of how much this affects and is a part of us. Um, anxiety is what we feel when our body is responding to fear. So anxiety is a response to the fear. They're not the same thing. Just because, you, just because there's a, a fear, just because there, you, 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 your body, your emotion senses a threat, that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be anxious. The Bible teaches that, and we'll get to that later. So we have fear, and then we have anxiety, which is what we feel when we respond to fear. And then we have this thing called worry. Worry is the thought process that mulls over and gives, gives power or gives... It's, it's the, worry is us trying to solve the problem of fear, right? It, it's, it's the thought process. It's, it's, it's us trying to figure out how to navigate whatever the problem is. And the Bible talks a lot about fear um, and its buddies. And like I said, this fear in itself is not sin, but it is one of the favorite tools of the enemy. He wants to use this idea, this fear, in a way that bullies us, that, that, that pushes us to where he wants us to go, that, that separates us from God, that separates us from each other. It's one of his favorite, favorite tools that he can use. There's a lot of stuff in life that... In, its, in and of itself is not sin, but, but there's potential there. There's a, if, if warped, if not handled correctly, it leads there. And so today, that's what we're going to be talking about, is fear, how, how it, lead, it can lead to some unhealthy places, and how, how, do, we, how do we start making a change? How do we, how do, what, what needs to change in us so that, that, that fear doesn't doesn't lead to sin, doesn't lead to separation, but actually can lead to, to some really good outcomes. I mean, fear in itself is not fun, but it can, be, it can actually be a step into, into God, into in drawing closer to Him, into healthy and balanced emotions and healthy and balanced relationships with each other even. It, it can lead to abundant life if we will handle it the way that the Lord shows us how to handle fear. Before we jump in, let's just invite uh, God into this moment, if, if we can. Um, Jesus, we, we thank you um, for your word. Um, God, as we, we, we dive into this, this series, if we, as we dive into to these ideas, we just ask that your spirit would speak to us clearly. God, would you talk to us on an individual level? Lord, we all have our own stories. We all have our own backgrounds. We all have our own situations, our own temptations, our own um, things that, that we're dealing with. Lord, would you, would you take this opportunity to speak to us individually? Would you show, show each of us what, what you want to say to us? We don't want just some, some interesting information this morning. We're, 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 we want you. We want the transformation that comes from hearing your voice. God, we open our minds and our hearts to, to, to your leading this morning. Amen. So, we were just talking about how, how fear can lead to some godly outcomes. And 
We're going we're gonna to come back to, to that in a little bit and, and look at how do we pursue those. But, but first, I want to take a few moments and talk about what it looks like when they're not handled properly. Uh, it, it leads to some, some things that, that are not good in our lives. Some of the symptoms when fear is not dealt with properly um, is all of the things that the enemy wants for your life, basically. That's, if you, if you want, that's, that's a good description of this list. It leads to sin, first off. Fear leads to sin. Fear can lead to, to rage or anger. You know, they say anger is actually a secondary emotion. It, it's, what we, it's, it's what we feel when we feel out of control about a situation. Or it's our attempts to, to assume control of a situation. Um, so it can, it can lead to rage. It can lead to, fear can lead to isolation. Where we feel all alone or we are even intentionally withdrawing from, from God and from the people around us. Fear leads to, to depression. It leads to, to just a consistent sadness. It leads, to, it leads to, to a lack of energy. Fear, fear leads to physical ailments. This is something that, that we're starting to see more and more. The, you know, I always love it how the, the, the scientific community, I mean, I love science, uh, but it's so funny how the scientific community is constantly trying to catch up with what the Bible teaches. Right, and there is now this newfangled like revelation of how like oh your emotions and and these things like actually affect your body, which we see all throughout Scripture, <laughs> right? That 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 these two things that sin, it, sin and 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 the things that we think and the things that we feel and the things that we allow into our spirits and our emotions have a a physical manifestation. Fear can lead to physical ailments. Fear leads to, to apathy. You know, if, if we, when a fear grips our life, and we may struggle with that for a while, but eventually you, you just get tired of fighting. And that's a lot of times what apathy is. It's, it's just conceding an outcome. It's just... Oh, I've done this. I've seen this movie a million times. So when, when, when anything that looks like that situation comes up, we just immediately cave. We just give up. We give up. We, we don't even put up a fight. That's, that's apathy. And then uh, another symptom, it, this is the final one in my list, but certainly not, not an exhaustive list, is hypocrisy. And this is, I think, especially true in, in church, in our communities, where, where we have a standard, and we have an ideal, and we have a, we have a, a picture of what we should be. And fear, fear forces us, or it, it beats us down, and we, we see, it, you know, it, it leads to these other things, this isolation, the sin, whatever. And we, we recognize this gap, and we're embarrassed, and we're ashamed of it, which we'll talk about another day. Um, so we put on a fake face, because we, we, we're embarrassed about that gap, Right? And so the, the fear that we face, we know, we know what the Bible says. We know there's like a bazillion verses where the Bible tells us to not be afraid. And so 
we, we experience that fear and the, the, we, we cave to it and then we feel guilty for caving to it and we, we don't want other people to know that we feel guilty that we cave to it, so we pretend. <laughs> and, that's what, and that's how we end up living these double lives. These lives that internally are, are one way in an area and externally completely different. Leads to hypocrisy. And there's, there's a million other fears, but uh, symptoms, but, but that's, those are kind of some of the, the main ones and that you, you, may be, you may be experiencing in your life today. Um, and maybe you've not made that connection, that it's, because it's, it's not, the, this, you know, fear isn't the only root of these things. It can be other, these all could have a number of different roots. But maybe fear is one um, that you've not considered for something that you're going through. Part of, the, part of the purpose of this series these next couple of weeks is, is not because I have an answer for you, but I just have a really good question. The Lord has the answer, and that's going to be up to him and to you to, to wrestle with this stuff and, and hold them up and allow, allow God's Spirit to reveal to you and to, to start working in you and with you and with your, your circle and your friends um, to get freedom in some of these areas. Start recognizing, because a lot of this stuff, um, you know, we're talking about bullies. One of the, 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 the nice thing about bullies, not that they're nice, but one of the good things is money, much of the time, you can get rid of a bully just by getting the right crowd of people to see him as a bully, right? Exposure. Bullies don't like to be out in the middle a lot of times. They want to pull you into the, you know, they want to pull you in the bathroom where no one can see you, or they pull you in the back of the hallway, or Someplace where they can do their dirt and there's, there, there's not exposure for them. And so sometimes just bringing it out into the light brings freedom. And so that's, that's part of my, my, my prayer for this, this as we go through this. That the, through the Holy Spirit, He will reveal, He'll show us some of these, these things that we're dealing with that we've been hiding. We, 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 don't, wanna, we don't want to, to, to even... Um, kind of process or think through because it's, it, it, it's, it's scary. And some of, some of these situations, some of this stuff, especially when we're talking about fear, um, if it's something that, that has affected us and afflicted us for a long time, we get to the point where the best thing to do is, we think, is to just avoid it. Just, just don't let that come up. The goal becomes to not feel the fear. And so we create decisions and habits that make sure and insulate us from us ever even running into the conflict of that fear, right? Somebody can, somebody maybe like, this is a, you know, a little example, but you maybe a, maybe a person that's afraid to fly and you ask them, are you afraid to fly? And they're like, well, no, I just don't get on airplanes. <laughs> As long as I don't get in an airplane, I'm not afraid, <laughs> right? That's, that we, we, we tend to do that um, because we like to avoid pain and we like to avoid fear. There are different types of fear. I've got to move on. There are different types of fear. Um, and, and, you know, you ask 10 different theologians and 10 different psychologists, they'll all have different core lists, right, of here are the seven types of fear that all fear cut stems from. And here's the ten type. Here's the five types. We're not going to dive into all that. I just have a few uh, general types, though, that, that 
I want to bring up just, just for your, um, your reflection in, in your own life. Um, and the first one is, is, you may have heard this term, fear of man. This is a kind of a common one. And to some degree, we will all wrestle with all of these fears at some point in our life. So fear of man, what is that? We say that a lot, but sometimes it, it can be kind of, uh, you know, squishy. Like, okay, what does that mean, though? Um, so, some kind of sub-fears that, that would fall under that would be like fear of rejection. Fear of abandonment. Fear of abuse. It's, it's a fear that is based in a, a dynamic with other people. I'm, a, I'm afraid of... Uh, rejection from somebody or not being accepted and that fear leads me to to act certain ways or to avoid certain people not because they've actually done something but because i see a potential for there to be a a a negative uh, interaction there you know fear fear of abandonment where there's a, you have a tangible belief, an expectation, if you will, in your life that, that people that are close to you um, aren't going to stay. Fear of abuse. You know, the lack of trust of the people around you. An expectation um, of, of somebody to, to treat you either physically, verbally, emotionally, um, in a way... That, that, that steals your self-will and steals your, your, your esteem and, 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 and forces their, their self on you. Those are all examples of, of fear of, of man. We also, at times, struggle with, with fear of failure. That we, we, we won't succeed. These, these kind of fall into, I think, two, two kind of categories. First is fear of humiliation, of, of, of being seen a certain way by the people around us, of, of being embarrassed, of not, not, not succeeding. Um, you know, uh, some of the most successful people from the outside that you will ever see um, are controlled by this fear, are driven by this fear. It's, and and you, you can see they have immense success in certain areas of their life. You know, and I, 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 don't, I don't know, you know any gazillionaires, so I can't point to a specific one. I don't know their lives. Um, Except when you, when you hear many of them talk, you can see that it, it's, they are driven by something. It is, they wake up every day and, and it, is, it is panic <laughs> of failure that drives them to do to, to what they do. And they're willing to sacrifice everything else in life to make sure that they don't fail in whatever definition of failure that they've created for themselves. Fear of humiliation. Um, some people, it's a, it's a fear of poverty. It's a fear of, of lack that, that drives them to make decisions and, 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 and is constantly chasing and, and, and pushing them into make decisions just based on that fear. On, on, I, 
this worry or anxiety that there's not, not going to be enough, not going to be enough money or food or um, shelter, whatever. Um, it, it's just not going to be enough. We all at some point or another have to, have to deal with the fear of death or illness. You know, we, we, <laughs> it's appointed for everyone wants to die. That's a, that's a reality in life. That in itself is just a truth. And the Lord um, has a healthy way of looking at that, but the enemy would love to, to make that an issue of fear. That it would, um, it would control all the days up until that day. <laughs> right? Some of us struggle with a fear of illness. That we, we're constantly, maybe we, we have been sick, or we know somebody's been sick, or just we watch the news a lot, and so, you know, we always think we're sick. That, that's a fear that, that the enemy can, can use to control us, to bully us. Some of us have a, a fear of, of, I just called it a fear of calamity. Just, all general term, just bad stuff. Right? You just, every day you wake up and, and you struggle, like, you're just maybe one of these people that every situation you're in, you're, you're afraid or expecting whatever the worst possible outcome in that situation, that's what you're kind of like, that's probably what's going to happen. That's probably it, you know. Um, you know, it's like, the, what is it, Murphy's Law, and everything that bad can happen will happen. You kind of adhere to that, that mindset, <laughs> that, that idea in the world. Um, and, and that, you know, it sounds kind of funny. Um, I, I struggle with this at times. You know, it's, it's those of us out there that, you know, are, people around you call you pessimists, and you, you say, well, I'm not a pessimist, I'm a realist. Right? <laughs> Any realists out there? Um, it, it, it's cute until it's not. Until you look at your life and realize that this, this, this idea is really a fear that's actually dictating my actions. There's lots of different types of fears. And where do these fears come from? Well, uh, real life... <laughs> <laughs> they come from our, our real-life, real-time experiences. Like I said, fear in itself is not a sin. They, they, uh, many of these, th- these fears, a lot of the times, they are grounded in something that is actually happening in our lives. That is not in itself a bad thing. If, if people get sick... People, people get hurt. People are struggling financially. People, you know, all of these people... Do bully us. There, there are unhealthy relationships we find ourselves in in life. And fear in that moment in itself is not necessarily a bad thing. You should have some sort of reaction to it. So that's one place fear, fear comes from. Another place is uh, past experiences. Now a lot of times, this is, this is the, one of the enemy's like really good like, man, he just, this is like his go-to. Um, past experiences that the enemy likes to use to convince us that all future situations will end the same way. Right? We had a, 
something happened to you 10 years ago, 20 years ago, last month, and it's a situation um, that, that wasn't good. Someone hurt you. Um, you failed at something. Uh, you know, whatever it was. And one of the enemy's favorite tricks is he, he makes a real good notes on that situation. And then anytime there is anything that happens in your life that is anything remotely similar to that situation, he has that thing on like, you know, instant replay and boom, he hits the button <laughs> and, and he tries to draw your, your thoughts and your connection back to that, that instance. And sometimes it happens enough, we don't even recognize, like we don't even have necessarily or notice the memory itself. It's just the feeling. It's just the emotion. It's just the, the, um, the expectation that that, that that came from, you know. And this is, this is what the Lord wants to, to, to break in our life. Because God is a God that changes the direction of things. Things don't always happen the same way. So past experiences... Is, is, is another place that these fears come from. And then um, the third one, there are others, but the third one I wanted to highlight was just current cultural perspectives. Where do our fears come from? That little thing in your pocket, the thing on the, the, you're hanging on your wall. <laughs> Culture, right? Each other, our conversations, the, 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 our, our, our collective perspective on life, right? Um... Now, that's not, just like fear is not always a bad thing, that's not in necessarily a bad thing. Um, we need to collectively be watching out for threats, right? <laughs> we need to know, um, you know, if, if, if some, if Russia decides it wants to, like, you know, invade us, we should probably know that before they show up. Like we, right? We we need that that so that we can take appropriate action. There was, you know, we had we had the pandemic, and um, I'm not gonna get into what your opinion is on on how that was handled and and all of that. But I think we could all agree something happened, and it was we needed to do something, right? That 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 there was. There was a thing that happened that we needed to react to in some way. Um, cultural perspectives. There, there, there is our, some of our fear comes from what other people and other entities are telling us is going on around us. Now there's some value in that, but again, enemy loves, this, is a, this is a, can be an, a big gaping open door for the enemy, Right? There's, a, there's kind of a, 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 a saying, a, a thought process, that, that people are, are relatively smart. Uh, persons are. Individuals. Groups are really dumb. Right? They're very easy to manipulate. You, you, you just got to, once, once you, you get towards a, gets a certain mass of momentum going about something, it just kind of takes a life of its own and kind of can wash over everybody. And the enemy knows this and he's really good at using it. Um, and so cultural perspectives is another place where some of our fears come from. So how do we deal with them? 
How do we deal with these things? How do we, we do, so you're, you know, as I'm talking or just in your own, maybe you already are aware, there, there are some things in your life that you know you react in a way that isn't, isn't the best, isn't, um, isn't healthy, isn't, isn't the way you know the Lord would want you to react or respond in certain situations. And, and you know it comes from a, a, a place of fear. You're realizing it comes from a place of fear. What do we do about those things? A um, couple, couple of thoughts on, on how we deal with fear in a godly way. In a way that can change the trajectory. We don't have to, we don't have to let those, those fears bully us. We don't, we don't have to um, let the, the fear of, of rejection or, or any of these things control and dictate our relationships moving forward. First is, we have to acknowledge our fear so we can deal with it. We have, to, we have to be willing to verbalize it. We have to be willing to admit that we're afraid. Because that's the, that's the first step. <laughs> you know, it's, you can't, until you acknowledge that there's something there to deal with, you can't deal with it. That's, that's pretty obvious, I think. Um, we need a, a perspective change. We need to stop being afraid of fear. That's part of what I, what I was, in, in the beginning of this, I was trying to help us contextualize that fear in itself is not something to be afraid of. Fear is a thing that the, if placed in God's hands, if guided by the Holy Spirit, can be something that leads to real life and real change and real revival in your own life. So how, 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 what do we need to do? We need to acknowledge our fear. First and first step is we need to start fearing the right thing. Um, if you have a bully in your life, you know what the best thing to do, the easiest way to stop a bully? Find a bigger one and get them on your side. <laughs> right? <laughs> if I... If, if I'm five, I was tiny. I know it doesn't look like that. I was tiny growing up in, in high school. I was like five three till like my my senior, junior senior year. I was I was very small, and you know, 150 pounds soaking wet. If I was holding 10 pound dumbbells, um, you know, if I had a guy, if I was in high school and I had a bully that was that was five foot eight, 170. There's not a whole lot I'm going to do about that, right? I mean, I could try and work out. I could try and, try and you know, get faster, run away, whatever. But those are going to take time. The fastest, most effective way for me to deal with that bully is to go find my friend Tom Messenger, who is 6'7", like 3'10", and be like, hey, Tom, come walk me down the hall. Problem solved, right? <laughs> we need to start fearing the right thing. So what do we, what do we fear? Because the, the, the Bible is full of two phrases. One is fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The Bible tells us that over and over and over and over again. The other one is fear God. Fear God. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. 
Psalms 34, 9 says, Fear the Lord, you His godly people, for those who fear Him will have all they need. Psalms 112, 1 says, Praise the Lord. How joyful. That's so, such a weird juxtaposition. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. Listen, when we, when, wh- wh- how is that possible? How can we have joy out of fear? Because when fear of the Lord comes from understanding and seeing Him for who He is, it, it's, not a, it's not a fear in that we are afraid of what He is going to do to us necessarily. It, it's, a, it's the fear, that the, the awe that comes from just a revelation of His power and His majesty and His control. It's... The best example I can think, and, and the way I picture it in my mind, if you anybody, I've not been anybody been to the Grand Canyon. Anybody been on a like the top of a giant cliff, and and you get up to the edge and you look down, and you have that that moment where all of a sudden, like you're just sure you're about to jump off, and it it it, it scares scares you to death. You know that, that that cliff is not against you, but the immensity of it just overwhelms you. That's, I, that's what I think of when I think of the fear of the Lord. And it, the Bible talks about that, that, that. It's the foundation of wisdom. If we don't have that, nothing else we believe about God is really going to matter. If I, don't, if, I don't, if I don't have the right perspective, if I don't see him as 6'7 and 310 pounds, if my view of him is he's the same size as me, bringing him to the bully isn't going to be a whole lot of help. Right? So we have to fear the Lord. We have to see him for, for who he is and allow that reality to, to, to change our perspective. So that's the, the, the foundation that the Bible says. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. But it gets better. It gets better. The, the fear of the Lord is our foundation. It's the beginning of, you know, some translations say it's the beginning of wisdom. But it's not the end. God doesn't, this is good news for us. It's not, it's not just about fearing him and seeing how big he is. Fearing the Lord is the beginning, but like everything in God's kingdom, things work a little bit different than they do in this world. See, here our fears hinder and crush us. But when we fear the Lord, it, it, it lifts us up. It expands our, our faith. But when we, when we take our fears into the presence of God, they, they, the, instead of crushing us, they also become opportunities. We talked about this. They become beacons that point us to the lies that are tripping us up. There's, there's a fear. If we're afraid of something, there's a, a decision pattern in your life that, that you are constantly making and it's based on an expected consequence that is, def- that is one of defeat. There's a fear in there. And, 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 and a lot of times, it's, most of the time, it's based on a lie of the enemy. And so these, these fears can actually, if we will acknowledge them, if we see them, we can begin to see them as opportunities. Because once we expose a lie, we can remove it. These can be areas in our life that we haven't quite fully submitted to Jesus. 
That one takes a little more... Um, that's not as fun. <laughs> right? That's not as fun. It, it, it's not fun to, to go looking for the areas that you have to acknowledge, yeah, this, this area, I, I, I'm still in charge over here. Right? <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still calling the shots in this situation. I've got, I've given you, I've given you, you know, my, my, my time, but let's, if I'm honest, my checkbook is still pretty much just mine. Um, I, I, I've given you my, my, my thought life in these areas, but, but when it comes to worry about my kids, no, that, I, I still need to control this agenda. Areas that we are afraid in, we have struggled with fear, worry, and anxiety, a lot of times are areas in our life that we haven't quite fully submitted to Jesus. We're worried because at the end of the day, we don't trust that he's going to get it right. We don't trust that he's really in control. We don't trust that he's really 6-7 in that area. But the good news is that there are opportunities for God to change our perspective, to change our mind into the truth of what's really going on and eliminate those fears, eliminate those worries, eliminate those anxieties. Jesus teaches us that our fears and worry reveal where our true trust lies. Matthew 6, uh, starting in verse 25, says, That is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, life isn't, more, life, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, but they're still splendid. We like this part. We love this verse. And it's applicable when we're talking about our worries. But sometimes we read this part and we're like, man, that sounds great. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, telling somebody, go, go stand in the corner and don't think of a pink elephant. It's not going to happen, right? You've, you, you can't just, just say, well, don't worry. Just don't worry. Like, that sounds like good advice, but if we're honest, sometimes we're like, well, you, you know, you read that and you're like, God, but I can't just, it's not that simple. I can't just choose not to worry. Um, I think some of the problem is we, we like this verse and we focus on this verse, but the way that this verse becomes real in our life is by reading and paying attention to the passage before it, which we don't always necessarily like to meditate on, uh, which is 6.19. It says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust can't destroy and thieves don't break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Your eye is the lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, the whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? 
No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted in one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Listen, if, if you're always struggling with worry and anxiety in a certain situation, um, say it's money. That, that may be a beacon pointing to the question about who you are trusting for your provision. And so when we come to that part where it says, uh, when Jesus is talking about don't worry, He's saying don't worry, it's the ex- not worrying should be the expected um, life, the way we live life when this part is taken care of properly. When God is in control of an area, we will live without anxiety, without worry, without fear. And so the places that we have worry, anxiety, and fear are places that there is still room for God to be given control and given trust in. Does that make sense? So they can become beacons. What, what areas are you struggling with worry and anxiety in? Those are areas where you have an opportunity to, to learn, to, to start trusting God more in those areas. And you'll know that you are by the amount of worry and anxiety you feel about those things. See, it's, the good news is the answer to eliminating fear isn't just, isn't just getting a better job, which you don't have control over. It's trust God better, which you do. That's a good news. That's, good. That's a good thing for you. You can work on that. You can, you can do that this week. You can't make your boss realize how smart you are and give you a promotion. Romans 8.11. And we're going to kind of take a step back now and, and, and look at, look at a, kind of the, how this works in the big picture. Um, Romans 8, chapter 8, starting verse 11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus, Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your, your sinful uh, urges dictate to you. So we have the Spirit of God. This is a verse that's talking about how Jesus, the King of the universe, comes, you know, lives perfect life, dies, pays for your sin, and earns the right. I won't get into that whole theological brouhaha, but enables us to be empowered and indwelled by the Spirit, His very own Spirit. This is why we don't need to be afraid of anything. This is, this is what we focus on. This is this reality becoming real to us is what, what pushes out the fear. It's not just that we fear God. It's that we also are one with Him. We get to love Him and He loves us. That's the next, the next level of, of, of getting rid of this fear in our lives. It's not just that, that, that God is big, but it's also that God is for us and He's with us and He's in us. The Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. If that's real to us, there's not a whole lot to be afraid of. 2 Timothy chapter 1 says, this is why I remind you, it's Paul um, writing to Timothy, one of his protégés. 
Timothy's really young and he's starting his ministry. And this Paul kind of encourage, writes this letter to encourage him. He says in verse 6, This is why I remind you, fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And these, these, verse, these descriptions of the, the spirit that He has given us are, are interesting. Um, he's given us a, a spirit of power. The word there is dunamis. It's the same word that, that is used when, in Acts 2, when, when, if you remember back when we read about that, and the Spirit comes and, and, and at Pentecost and, and He fills them. And the pa- it's the same word that's used throughout the New Testament whenever God's power moves in miraculous ways. It's that kind of power. Love there, the, 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 the Greek is agape. If you've been around church, you probably know there's like, you know, different. Greek loves. Agape is the God kind of love. It's the sacrificial kind of love. It's the kind of love that only comes from God. That He, he puts inside us. It's, it's this Spirit. This, and the last thing He says is self-discipline. It's uh, sophronismos. Say that five times fast. Um, it's the ability to moderate or regulate your thoughts and emotions. The Spirit of God inside us is a transfusion that changes our actual abilities when it comes to our own thoughts and emotions. You know, I, I kind of look at it this way. Um, you know, outside of, to a large degree, outside of the Spirit of God inside us, we are uh, what I would consider cold-blooded emotional creatures. <laughs> Right, the cold-blooded animals don't have the ability to, within themselves, regulate their body temperature. Right, so they have to go. You know, if if their body's shutting down, if it gets too cold, they have to find some source of heat or warmth to go sit on. You know, sit in the sun so they can warm up, so they can have the proper energy. Or if they if they're overheating, they've got to jump in the water. They have to do some find some external source that changes. Their, their circumstance. Warm-blooded creatures like us, we have within us the ability to regulate our temperature, right? We sweat. We shiver. Um, our heart rate goes, can go up and down to keep our blood flow, to keep our, our circulation so that, that, that our, our core temperature can stay within a healthy, a healthy region. This is, this is kind of a, a picture of, of what the Holy Spirit, when He comes into our lives, what He can do with our mind, our will, and our emotions. We now have resident within us the ability to, to choose and to weed out how we deal with fear, how we deal with, with situations, our, our emotions, our thoughts. We're not just susceptible to every, everything that, that comes at us externally. We have, we have within us, from the, from the power of God, we have the ability to make choices and to submit to His, his will and His leading that will lead to, to us dictating Motions, thoughts, and actions that line up with God's will for us. That's good news. That's good news. It doesn't matter what's on the news. It doesn't matter what your, your cousin said to you. It doesn't matter what, what, what your friends think about you. It, do, it doesn't matter what your boss said to you. It doesn't matter that you got laid off. It doesn't matter that 
that person left or that person once did that thing to you. If the Spirit of God resides within us, we have within us the capability to overcome any of that. And that's good news. You know, he's describing here, it's, it's, it, this gift that he gives, power, love, sound mind, these are descriptions of God Himself. It is, the, it is the Holy Spirit that He's describing. And when the Holy Spirit is active in us, we, we get the privilege of displaying His nature, not ours. That's one of the greatest mysteries of, of, of the Gospel that we'll never fully understand, but, but it's one of the things that Paul uh, tries to explain over and over and over again, is this idea that, that we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. We are dead, but He's alive, but we come alive when He comes alive. It's, it, it's a beautiful mess, and we, <laughs> to some degree, we'll never fully wrap our minds around it until we get to heaven. But it's good news. This is, this is the way that we can handle fear. I'm going to close here in just a minute. So if you guys want to stand. Um, I just want to... Um, just give us a minute and, and to, to kind of respond um, in prayer, and then uh, just got a couple of just some thoughts of some trying not to say homework assignments because that doesn't sound very fun, but exercise bonus exercises. How's that? <laughs> that you can you can take home. Um, but first, I you know. We've been looking and talking and reflecting on, on fear. And as I was listing some of those symptoms, as I was talking about some of those sources, those types of fear that we have, um, you know, I trust that maybe the Holy Spirit kind of highlighted one or two of those. Maybe something that, that in your life that, that um, you may say, hey, that's... I do deal with that. I am struggling with that. I have allowed that f- the enemy to use that fear of that thing to control me in this area or, or that area. I've been expecting a certain outcome when it comes to this situation because, because maybe this, this happened in my past because this person left. I now expect everybody to leave. Because I got hurt in this way back then. Now I, I preemptively make sure nobody gets to a place in my life that they have the ability to hurt me in that way. You know? I remember that. I remember the feeling of lack when this happened, or the fear of that thing that almost happened uh, when I lost my job that one time. And so I, I will, I will never let that happen again. And so I will. That becomes the the the, the litmus test of my life. I want to be there for my family. I want to be there. You know, I want to pursue pursue a spiritual life. But at the end of the day. I always have to, cho- I have to choose the job first. I have to. Because I can't risk going back to that. 
That's a decision based on a fear. So I'm just gonna um, I'm just gonna invite the Lord to speak to us. I'm gonna give you an opportunity just to talk with the Lord um, individually, and 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 I just want to encourage you to to. If there's something that, 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 that's stirring in you, to, to confess that to Him. Admit it. Um, he said that it starts by an acknowledgement. And even if you, you don't, aren't really sure what to do past that, that's a big first step. God can, God can use that first step. So God, we come to you, Lord, and we've been talking about this thing called fear this morning. God, we, we first, we, I thank you that, that you gave us this defense mechanism, that you, you've, you've seen even we've fallen, we've made bad choices, but you, even in, in the existence of this, this thing called fear, you, you've given us something that, that helps us navigate the dangers that we've introduced into to our own ecosystem. And God, we thank you for that. But we, we also recognize and, and admit that we have allowed the enemy to, like he does with everything, twist and warp this thing to bully us to make us make choices that we don't really want to make, to, to have attitudes and emotions that we don't really want to have. To say things we don't really want to say. So God, we stand here. We, we confess our, our fear Father, we've, as we confess and recognize that they're, they're, we've, we've allowed the enemy to, to bully us, um, we ask that you would, as we've given these things to you, we ask that you would start the process. Holy Spirit, would you, would you reveal yourself to us in a newer way? God, would you, you, would you show yourself as big as you truly are, that we would, we would see you as the bigger bully, but the one that's on our side? God, if there, there, there are those here that are, are struggling to believe that, or are believing the lie or they're not sure about whose side you're on, would you, would you minister to them? Would you convince them this morning? Would you comfort them and encourage them that you are always for them? That your Spirit will always lead them into the righteous, the best path for their life. That you, you love us, you love them no matter what. 
God, your word says that your perfect love casts out fear. Would you, would you show us how, how, what that looks like, what perfect love really looks like? God, a lot of, there are people here there, um, that, that have experienced life things that have, have shown them a very poor version of love from people that are the most influential in helping us understand what that is and what that's supposed to look like. God, would you begin to just break those, those lies, those warped perspectives? God, as we, we pursue fearing you and the, the, seeing you the, for the big, giant, amazing God of the universe that you are that somehow incredibly loves us individually, personally, emphatically. God, would you give us each our, our, our marching steps for this, this next day, this next week? Would you be, start showing us, even, even as we leave here today, start, start, Holy Spirit, would you convict us in those moments where that fear is cropping up? I pray that there would be continued revelation that as we, we go out this next, even this next week when we have uh, just are living our lives and, and, and coming in contact with, with the people that we come in contact with and the, the situations that we are, that you would, you would show us, would you reveal to us any of those hidden fears that are, 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 are bullying us that we're not even aware of in this moment. God, we thank you that, that you love us so much that, that you work with us in your patience to, to continue to develop us into your likeness. Jesus, and we know that your likeness means being, being completely courageous. Because that's what you showed us when you, you were here on earth. Pray all these things in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. So bonus work. <laughs> bonus challenge. I would encourage you. Uh, this week, I didn't print out a sheet because it's super easy and it's just a good exercise. Google verses about fear. And Google verses about fearing God. You'll get these giant long lists and read them. <laughs> read them every day. And, and if you have a specific thing that the Lord is working with you on, if, if he's kind of you know, riled some stuff up, search that. And if you're not sure about the site that, it came, that you came to, email me and we'll talk about it. <laughs> God bless. <laughs>